Thanks for listening. Join us now for Perry and Shauna Replay from 89.3 Moody Radio. Well, we're 10 days away from Thanksgiving now. Just 10 days. And I've been asking myself, you know, Thanksgiving, giving thanks. What am I or who am I grateful for? Yes, I'm grateful for my mom, my dad, my siblings, my husband, my kids. Yes, of course, a million times. Yes. But what else? I mean, if the answer could be anything, and if I had the courage to be honest, what am I really thankful for? Hmm. I'm thankful for days and sunrises and new beginnings and do-overs, for waking up and getting dressed and getting out and having somewhere to go, you know, meaningful work, for using my brain, for the ongoing conversation that I have with with God all day long, for my commute, 50-minute commute, but I am grateful. (laughs) It is a long one. It's a long one, but it's time and space to be alone with God, to be alone with my thoughts. And on the way home, I always talk with my mom. So I'm grateful that I get to tell her that I love her every day. I'm thankful for getting home and checking in with my husband and my son, just chatting over dinner about, you know, whatever, nothing, everything. I'm thankful for my small group and for coffee dates, for unwinding, for comfy pajamas and crawling into bed and reflecting on my day with God. I'm thankful for sleep. Oh my goodness. I'm so <laughs> grateful for sleep. Yes. As you get older, you begin to appreciate that more, particularly I know some who are all older than us will get to a stage where sleep just is hard to come by. Mm, yeah. So a good night's sleep is just yeah amazing. And on Saturday mornings, I get to sleep in. I'm so thankful for that. Even though sleeping in for me means getting up at 6.30 instead of 4 a.m. Mm. But I'm thankful for that too, because, because I wake up so early I have the first few hours of the day to myself. So I love Saturday morning quiet. I love just lingering with God. I'm grateful for Sunday morning worship, for singing and listening and learning and writing and growing and gathering and laughing and loving and lunch and Sabbath. I'm grateful for breath, for little gifts, for unexpected phone calls, for everyday texts from my people for holding space for a friend who's struggling, for autumn squash soup. Oh, yes. We know how much you love autumn squash soup. I do. I think I could have it every single day. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. I'm thankful for laundry and dirty dishes and long hugs and laughter and tears and pain and sex and gently fragranced candles burning nearby for conflict and for peace and for lattes and for sleepless nights. For doubts and cozy blankets and babies and shopping and counseling and confidence and uncertainty and cheesecake and all the other hard and ordinary and beautiful things that all make up this thing called life. But what I am most grateful for genuinely is that I have a best friend who's with me through it all, who really knows me, who really loves me, loves me perfectly, who challenges me to grow and become, who leads me in the right direction and who makes me feel like anything is possible. I am so thankful that I am seen, known, and loved. I'm already loved every single day. And that I know that whatever this crazy life brings my way, I can count on God always. I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. 
I know we're, we're in the season of thankfulness and just trying to remember all the good things that God has done for us, but I don't know how many of us think about the Holy Spirit as something to be thankful for. I guess it's kind of hard for us unless mm-hmm. uh, we either A, didn't receive Christ at an early age, but and did so we kind of experience that receiving of the Spirit as we're older and it comes into our lives and just such a dramatic change. Or if we had lived in Old Testament times when they would have longed to have had that kind of relationship, you know, we really we read about the Holy Spirit coming upon Saul, upon King mm-hmm. David, or coming upon Samson, but uh, it would come and go. Whereas when Jesus made this promise to us, it's like for all time, right. the Holy, once you've accepted, once you've come into my fellowship, the Holy Spirit will be with you. Now, Jesus, when he first told this whole plan to the disciples, I mean, I'm leaving and they're, they're going, this is bad news. Yeah. What are we going to do without you? And I, you could, you could certainly understand that because they've seen him doing all these miracles. He's been teaching them, helping him to understand what it means to be in relationship with God and, and, from time to time, having to raise the well, just show us the Father. And he says, I've been with you. I've, yeah. If you've been with me, you've seen the Father. It's yeah. the same thing. So obviously, they're quite distressed about the notion that he's going to leave. He says, it's actually going to be an advantage for you because he says in John 16, 7 and 8, uh, it's to your advantage that I go away because if I don't, the helper will not come to you. And by referring to the helper, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. He says, if I go, I will send him to you, and when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Mm. So we can be thankful that we have that presence at work in our lives as believers, and we know that that work is continuing to go on even today. You know, uh, it's we, we sometimes forget just how needful it is to have God's Spirit in our lives uh, hopefully, hopefully we don't ever lose that because we know that when we try to go about things in our own power, particularly if it's a spiritual endeavor, right. it's usually not going to go too well if yep. God's Spirit isn't leading there before us or giving us direction. We read about how Philip, the who was just kind of listening for God's next command, he said, hey, there's this Ethiopian eunuch in this chariot over here. He wants to know more about what it means to be a relationship with me. I want you to go over to talk to him because he was sitting in there. He's reading from the scriptures yep. and he says, well, how am I going to know unless somebody tells me? <laughs> says, eh, I, got, I can tell you. I can tell you. So, we, so he gets invited up into the chariot and then he shares with the Ethiopian eunuch what all that means. I think of times in my own life when I have, you know, of my own accord thought, this is it. I'm going to share the gospel. I'm going to go for it, you know, and just jumped on in and thought that I'd seen an opportunity, you know, to share the gospel with someone and it didn't go well. (laughs) And I'm not saying seeds weren't planted, but I'm just saying their hearts weren't ready at that time for Mm -hmm. what I was sharing. And I think, you know what, was the Holy Spirit leading me into that? Or was that just me thinking this is what this person needs, Mm -hmm. you know? And when, the Holy Spirit's doing the heavy lifting when he's doing the leading. It's as easy as Philip coming alongside the eunuch traveling. And you, I think while it doesn't always work that well for all of us, I, I think of a guy like D.L. Moody, who always made it a goal of his to speak to somebody about Christ each mm-hmm. day. He just felt that's what God wanted him to do. And there was a story of him saying he had, 
He had finished his day work, day's work, had gone to bed, and then he remembered he hadn't talked to anybody about Christ. Now, it would have been easy for him to just to put that off, but it, and it was raining outside to boot. Hmm. But he said, no, I promised God that I would do this, so I'll just take a walk down, put my clothes back on, take a walk down the street, and we'll see what happens. As it happened, he did come across a man who was going through some difficulty. They engaged in conversation. Mm. And in the course of that conversation, that person came to Christ. Wow. That's beautiful. And it wouldn't have it wouldn't have happened if yeah. he had not listened to God's Spirit speaking to him. It's so easy for us to sometimes say, is that the Holy Spirit or is that just dinner coming back on me? <laughs> it, but if we're, if we're truly in tune, we know, we honestly know the difference. And we should be grateful because he's given this as a way of knowing how to shine his light into the world. I think of, you know, the events that have happened during this last election and some of the difficult conversations that will probably ensue as a result of that. We're tempted to go into this with our own strength. I would say don't do that, yeah. first of all. Spend lots of time in prayer before God, uh, asking him to just speak to us, give us the words that we need to say, maybe showing us where our thinking was wrong yeah. as we were heading in, into this whole thing. God has a purpose and plan. We know that it will not be thwarted. And however man chooses to behave or live, the ending has already been determined. So we can be grateful again that God's spirit can encourage us. And he's going to open up opportunities, just as he did for the Apostle mm-hmm. Paul when he seemed to be in what we would consider very difficult circumstances. He's under arrest, and he's heading to Rome to face Caesar. But that was exactly what he wanted. And along the way, he was chained to Roman guards who yep. got got a chance to share the gospel with him, and it wound up leading many of them to Christ because we know that he talked about how many in Caesar's household had come to faith because of his testimony. Yeah. So that's an encouragement for all of us. So let's remember to be thankful for the gift of God's spirit today, not to neglect it, but to build into it and lean into it even more. And it will allow him to give us the words to say, to give us the hope and encouragement that we need for today. We are focusing on being grateful all month long. We've got a challenge going on. It's called Gratitude is Greater Than Grumbling, and it's just a two-step process. One, we're going to stop complaining, just not do it, and then use that as a prompt, that's step two, to praise God. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. In verse 18, the part that says, you know, for give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Man, that is strong enough on its own. B- on its own. So giving thanks in the midst of difficult circumstances, an example of that would be last week I was in a car accident and it was not a good day. It was a very bad, horrible, awful day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all of it. Mm-hmm. But we all walked away from the accident. There was no ambulance that was called everybody was fine. And that was just amazing. So I'm so grateful. I was grateful all night that night that God protected us and that it wasn't worse than what it was. And you were able to drive away from it. I know it. I know. I was able to drive my car home. Crazy. But verse 18 is strong enough on its own, but I think 18 is tethered to 16 and 17 on purpose. So verse 16 
is two words, rejoice always. It's just basically God's call on our lives to maintain a joyful attitude that we literally can choose joy even when stuff is stinky and hard and not what we want it to be. It shows us what to do instead of complaining, you know, it's just specific instructions, be joyful. And then verse 17, you know, tethered to 16, pray continually. Don't stop talking to God. Just keep the conversation going all the time. You don't have to start with dear Lord and end with amen. It can just be like an open line between you and God all the time. Last year at Christmas, it was Bryn's first Christmas in the Czech Republic. She's my oldest daughter. And it was so hard to not have her with us on Christmas Day. But we FaceTimed and we had her on the MacBook, popped open the laptop, and there she was. And we set her on the end table. And she was just a part of the family. She was just a part of what was going on. So she wasn't always talking and we weren't always talking to her. But she was there with us. In fact, sometimes all of a sudden you'd hear You know, we were eating breakfast and she was eating breakfast in the Czech Republic, but we were all having breakfast together. And then she would comment on something. We're like, oh, right. Bryn, you're still with us. We need to take her from the end table over to the kitchen table. Where this disembodied voice coming from. Yeah. (laughs) And then she, it was like a six hour call is what it came down to in the end. But we just spent the whole, you know, most a good part of the day together. And that's just kind of what I mean when I say keep the line open with God. You can keep praying to him all day long. And there might be times when you're quiet and there might be times when the Lord is quiet, but you're still together. When something comes to mind, you just simply share it with the Lord. Mm. And I think that this ongoing communication is what empowers us to be able to be thankful no matter what. So I really feel like these verses 16, 17, 18 just are really a package deal. You know what I mean? Because verse 18 says, give thanks in all circumstances with the good, with the bad, with the ugly of life. Take time to just focus your thoughts on what you're grateful for. Not after the fact, you know, like, whoo, glad I made it through that. But in the middle of it, we can choose to be grateful. And I'm not talking about a grin and bear it, you know, fake manufactured, got to pretend like I'm fine, even though I'm dying on the inside. Mm. I'm talking about a genuine Even in the midst of things being really, really hard, I trust that God has got me. You know, having that kind of posture of praise, if you will. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That's what scripture says. So together, let's live this out today. Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for us in Christ Jesus. Well, there are many things that we can be thankful for. We are into the season of Thanksgiving, but I don't know how many of us think about being thankful for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Uh, It's certainly an important part of the Christian's life. It's it's, uh, the Holy Spirit's role is, is to not just bring us to faith in Christ, but to help us see who he really is. In John 16, verses seven and eight, we hear Jesus tell his disciples, I tell you the truth. It's actually to your advantage that I go away, for if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. This had to be just the hardest thing to take in. I mean, Jesus, it's God in the flesh, doing miracles, you know, bringing revelation, 
like all the things. And he's saying, it's better if I go. I mean, that's a huge statement about. It, it was a huge, you mean this Holy Spirit is going to bring us the same kind of warmth and fellowship and understanding that I have with you actually being right here in the right. flesh. Right. I mean, I, there've been so many times, especially at Christmas time, I think when I'm reading scripture and I think, man, I wish I had been there. I wish I could have been, you know, on the scene when Jesus was fill in the blank, you know, walking the earth and, and encountering people and healing people and calling out the religious leaders. Like it, it would have been amazing to have been there, but Jesus himself is saying, we've got it better now than the people who were there with him then. And he's saying that because he could be with us one-on-one, even though there's millions of people in the world, millions of people following Christ, he can be with us individually. Whereas in his physical form, that would simply have been impossible mm-hmm. to have that warm, intimate relationship that his disciples do, but we could know that now. Because of the limitations of his humanity. Exactly. Yeah. So, and here's another thing for us to remember as we engage people uh, about our faith in Christ. You know, we're, we're trying to help them understand what it means to come into relationship with God. I, I think many times we get a little hung up on trying to come up with the right arguments you know, making sure we've got all the apologetics down and, you know, trying to be able to answer any questions they might have. But we haven't gone in prepared. We haven't actually mm. gone before God and asked the Holy Spirit, how would you have, we first of all, just be in the conversation right. that I'm going to have and, and then give me the words that I need to say and, and, and shut me up when I need to shut up. Yeah, yeah, both and. <laughs> it's both and. Uh, we, it's easy for us to kind of try to do things on our own power, but we do need the Spirit to lead us, to prepare the heart of the one or ones that we're speaking to so that their eyes can be open to sin and the fact that none of us has any right to stand before a perfectly righteous, holy God. Mm-hmm. I think that's really kind of an important thing for us to remember. So many people look, can accuse us, well, you're you're claiming you're better than us. No, I am not any better mm-hmm. than you. I am, I, none of us have the right to stand before a holy God. And we just need to make sure that we're able to speak to those who are ready to receive. And sometimes God is somebody out there ready to receive the message when we don't even know it. I mean, think of the time when Philip was encouraged by the Spirit to be Go speak to that Ethiopian eunuch who's right. in the chariot over there. Yeah. And you're going, he's going, okay. So he was just obedient, went over there. Apparently, this eunuch was trying to understand the scriptures, but didn't have the guidance he needed. And throughout the book of Acts, we see how the apostles were sometimes prevented from going to certain places mm-hmm. because God had a different plan. He had actually another place where hearts have been prepared to receive the gospel message. That's really important for us to remember. I wonder what it would be like to just dedicate one entire day from the time you wake up in the morning to the time you go to bed at night, like being completely obedient to God in every way. I, I woke up this morning and said, Lord, I hope today's the day. Like, I want to follow you. I want to be faithful to you in every conversation and every thought. And before I even left the house, I had to apologize for a thought that had gone wayward. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like to just just to be so focused on God and say, you know, Lord, I want to be attentive to to everything that you have for me today. But God is so good. He's the God of the resets, right? He doesn't 
he removes our sin as far as the east is from the west. So what happened this morning and my need to apologize to him because of, you know, my thoughts went negative. He doesn't hold that against me and he's still got plans for me today, you know, to, to follow him and to be faithful. But yeah, I think so often what I think of when you talk about the Holy Spirit leading us into these conversations is there've definitely been times in my life when I thought, okay, today's the day I'm going to share the gospel. I've been walking in relationship with this person and I feel like today's the day. And I just went for it and it wasn't, the timing wasn't right. It was definitely of my own doing and not the Holy Spirit leading me into sharing the gospel at that time. And Right. right. And that, that's why it's important for us to be constantly leaning upon his spirit. We know that the apostle Paul certainly relied on the leading of the spirit again and again, as he sought to opportunities to speak, not just to ordinary citizens, but before the great leaders of his day to think that he had the ambition to speak to Caesar. uh, And when a lot of people, that was kind of like the last place they wanted to be, particularly if they were in in the position of, you know, a quote convicted criminal as he was. He says, no, I'm appealing to Caesar. I want to be able to present the gospel Mm -hmm. to him. Even the fact that while he was appealing to Caesar, it wasn't, hey, do what I need, rescue me. It was, he saw that as, this is just a platform for me to share the gospel. And he would speak to, (laughs) you have to wonder how many Roman soldiers he brought to faith in Christ because they were chained to him. (laughs) (laughs) And so he had a captive, (laughs) literally a captive audience. They thought he was a captive. It was the other way way around. So again, you know, and again, and again, scripture shows us this. So we can be thankful that God is there to, to lead us in our conversations. And I, I think particularly as we're, as we're into the season of Thanksgiving and we talk about the extended family getting together, sometimes that can be a difficult time Mm. depending on what dynamics are going on in the family, but be thankful to know that God can be there and will be there in the midst of any, any of those difficult situations and be thankful to the the fact that uh, his spirit will lead us in the way that we need to go. So maybe if that's something you're struggling with right now, whether it's just trying to have a gospel conversation with somebody or wondering how you're going to endure a Thanksgiving that usually can be a very difficult time, particularly if you have other people within your family who are not believers, don't really want to have anything to do with it. Or there's other dynamics that are yeah, going on as well. Yeah, maybe the election makes oh, though, yeah, family that, gatherings difficult it was ba- this year. You know, politics and religion, they say the right? two things you don't want to talk about at family gatherings. But again, it, how how we react to this is going to demonstrate to others the uh, Spirit's work in our own life. So I I just wanted to throw it out there just to be thankful for God's presence. He has yeah. promised to be there with us, to give us the words that we need. And as I've also mentioned, just sometimes to tell us when we need to be quiet mm. and let the situation present itself. When I think about who or what I'm grateful for, you know, I go immediately to, yes, my mom, my dad, my siblings, my husband, my kids. Yes, of course. A million times. Yes. What else? What, you know, if the answer could be anything and I've got the courage to be honest about it, what am I really, really thankful for? Hmm. I'm thankful for days, sunrises, new beginnings, do-overs, for waking up and getting dressed and getting out and having somewhere to go, for meaningful work, for using my brain for the ongoing conversation with God that I have all day long Mm. for my commute 
by and the that's time a long commute. <laughs> it's a long commute. I got about a 50 minute commute, but it's time and space to be alone with my thoughts, you know? And on the drive home, I always call my mom. So I'm grateful for the commute home because I get to talk with my mom and tell her that I love her every single day. I'm thankful for getting home, checking in with my husband and with my son and just chatting over dinner about, you know, whatever, nothing, everything. Mm-hmm. For my small group and coffee dates, for unwinding, for comfy jammies, for crawling into bed and just reflecting on my day with God, for sleep. Oh, I am so grateful for sleep. I think all of us are grateful for sleep. Oh, so <laughs> grateful for sleep. You know, that's just something, it's, it's an appreciation that you acquire with time. Because when you're a kid, you don't want to go to sleep. You don't want a nap. You don't want it to be bedtime. But somewhere. It's wasted time when you're a kid. Yeah. Somewhere probably around the teenage years when you can sleep like 12 hours without interruption, that changes. But then as you get older, I don't know, I just have a greater appreciation for sleep than I ever have. Sleeping in on Saturday mornings. Even though for that, for me, that means getting up at 6.30 instead of 4 a.m. <laughs> I'm thankful that because I wake up so early, I've got the first few hours of the day to myself. I love Saturday morning quiet. I love just lingering with God on Saturday morning. For Sunday morning worship, for singing, for listening, for learning, for writing and growing and gathering and laughing and loving and lunch and Sabbath. I'm grateful for breath, for little gifts, for unexpected phone calls, for everyday texts from my people, for holding space for a friend who's going through something hard, for autumn squash soup. Oh, so good. I've heard you talk about that once or twice. I love it. In fact, I think you've even brought it into work a few times. Yes, and it's seasonal, so you can't enjoy it year round. You got to enjoy it while it's available. That's true. That's true. (laughs) I'm grateful for... Laundry, uh-huh. What? For dirty dishes and long hugs and laughter and tears and pain and gently fragranced candles burning nearby for conflict, for peace, for lattes, for sleepless nights, for doubts, for cozy blankets and babies and shopping and counseling and confidence and uncertainty and cheesecake and all the other hard and ordinary and beautiful things that make up this thing called life because that's what being human is all about. Mm. It's having the good things. It's having the bad things. You know, nobody gets just a perfect life where the trajectory is always upwards and onward. We all have the ups and downs. That's just what it means to be human. But what I'm most grateful for, I mean, genuinely is that I've got a best friend who's with me through it all, who really knows me and loves me perfectly, who challenges me to grow and to become, who leads me in the right direction and who makes me feel like anything is possible. I am most thankful that I am seen and I'm known and I'm already loved every single day. And that I know that whatever this crazy life brings my way, I can count on him always. I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. Thanks for listening to Barry and Shauna Replay. To learn more, text us at 800-968-8930. 
That's 800-968-8930. 